this is the proudest stem. This is October 13th, 2020. And this is the Coco Cinefile Critic sponsored by Anchor. And my name is LaFronda Stum. And it's been a while since I got in contact, uh, posted anything on, on uh, Anchor. But I'm going to see if I can do a podcast every other day. So the next time you'll hear from me will be Thursday and Saturdays, uh, three times a week. And... Uh, I wanted to talk about a couple of things uh, about regarding movies, and one of those is a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. He passed away uh, a month ago at age of 43 of colon cancer, and I'm going to review two of his films, Marshall and Get On Up. And uh, then I'm going to talk about celebrity news. Uh, I'm going to talk about Rick Moranis, who was a I have a huge crush on him, and I also think he's a great comedic actor, and just a act, great actor, period. He uh, got injured from a random uh, random violence from a, a bypasser in New York. And I'll talk about Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, they lost their baby boy. And uh, Nava Rivera, and, uh, who has passed on, she passed away. I think July 8th or August 8th, and uh, there's some controversy surrounding her ex-husband and her sister. And uh, and what else? Uh, oh yes, uh, Harvey Weinstein got some more charges uh, filed against him in Los Angeles. I'll talk about that. So without further ado, I will discuss Marshall. Now, Marshall is a film that Chadwick Boseman did in 2016, I believe, and uh, and Chadwick Boseman plays Thurgood Marshall, who was uh, on the Supreme Court from 1967 to 1991, and um, and it's a story about a case that he covered in the 19, I believe, the 1930s. 40s, and uh, he is part of the NAACP, and he defends uh, black people, black men in particular, accused of crimes that they didn't commit. And uh, one story, a uh, case that he's covering, it takes place in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and uh, and is. He's defending uh, by a black man by the name of Joseph Spell, played by Shirley King Brown, who was accused of raping a white woman. And uh, and he pleads that he didn't do anything with him. There was no sexual contact. There was no rape or anything like that. And uh, but. Uh, but there's also another attorney who oversees a case. Uh, I think his name, uh, played by Josh Gag. His name is Sam Freeman. He was Jewish. And uh, he, but he does insurance. He's an insurance attorney. And he's, he said he's not qualified to do it. But the people behind the firm that he's, that he works for lets him, you know, they do the paperwork so he can do the case anyway without his permission. 
the paperwork's already been done. And um, when he gets a court, and uh, he seemed like the Sam Friedman always tries to find a way to not represent this black man because he's not qualified and also his life would be at risk for him and his family. And uh, when they do go to court, uh, James Cromwell plays the judge. He said Third Marshall could s sit in proceedings, but he cannot talk. Uh, he, he has to work behind the scenes. He can s sit in uh, the courtroom, but he cannot speak and defend his client. So Thurgood Marshall has to feed information to Sam Freeman to defend the case. And, uh, and they also go through the process of jury selection and the prosecuting uh, attorney, Willis, uh, he is someone who uh, will uh, defend or prosecute at all costs. Uh, there is a racial bias that he has, and the judge does too, which leads uh, Thurker Marshall not be able to represent his case out, out in front of the courtroom, uh, def defending him verbally. Um, but uh, Thurker Marshall uh, is married, and and he calls his wife Busta. I don't think that's the greatest name to give a nickname to give to your wife, but uh, they've been trying to have a baby and um, they've been working on it and and uh, and Kate Hudson plays the the wrong woman who accuses him of rape and uh, and there's testimony I, I I think several scenes that work really well is the testimony of uh, of a gynecologist that Sam Freeman def uh, def tries to poke holes in his case and reveals surprise information uh, that uh, may alter in a positive or negative regarding Spall's case. There's also a scene where uh, Uh, let me see, a southern female, oh yes, a southern female juror, uh, they're trying to debate Sam Freeman Thurper Marshall if she will be a credible witness, she's from the South, she's from Raleigh, North Carolina, and Sam Freeman thinks it's not a good idea to have her on as a juror, they talk about and discuss it, and uh, Thurper Marshall gives an opinion about her, and uh, and there is a, there is a prize, uh, there is a prize uh, uh, thing that Dr. Marshall reveals about the juror to Stan Friedman. And also another strong case, a scene is where Marshall talks about race and racism in front of uh, reporters in Bridgeport, Connecticut, is getting uh, uh, t attention throughout all the United States. And uh, he speaks uh, to the press, even though he can't speak behind us in the courtroom. And I think his speech was very inspiring, very effective.
and uh, also uh, I also like the scenes between uh, Thurgood Marshall, played by Chadwick Boseman, and his wife Busta, played by Keisha Sharp. I wish they had more scenes together as a as a loving romantic uh, black couple. And I also uh, also another strong scene where the prosecutor gives uh, Marshall and Joseph Spill a, a plea deal, and he gives his response. Uh, and, uh, and he also tries to convince the juror, uh, uh, no, the defendant, if he can possibly take the plea or not take the plea. He tries to convince him to take the plea as the defendant, Spell, has issues and wants to take the plea out of fear and feeling that he won't get a fair trial. And uh, I think the performances are all really good across the board. Chadwick Boseman is good, and also Josh Gad. I liked his performance. But my favorite performance in the film is by Sterling K. Brown. He was on the TV show This Is Us, and he was in Black Panther. And the people versus O.J. Simpson, it's, uh, I think it's a really great performance that has a lot of empathy and, uh, and a lot of emotion. You, ha you have a lot of, you're rooting for this character and you have a lot of hoping that he can get a fair trial and will get a not guilty verdict. The director is Reginald Hudland. Uh, he's a, usually a comic director. I mean, he did Bebe's Kids and Boomerang with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. David Lava Greer, Halle Berry, Robin Gibbons. Now, he, this is a change of pace for him as a dramatic actor, uh, director, and he succeeds. Uh, and he is, it gives a, a, another positive spin on the judicial system and how despite... Oh, excuse me. Sorry, that was my cat. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not in a great mood. Um, but uh, uh, out of four stars, I would give the uh, rating three out of four. Uh, I do wish that uh, there was more time spent uh, with uh, Thurgood Marshall and his wife. And But it's a stern... Uh, honest uh, and, and inspirational film and it delivers the goods and I think it's good uh, I think there are certain scenes that were very strong and filled with a lot of great conviction and but I feel that uh, it was a standard biopic uh, you kind of know what, where it's going to lead but overall, you know, I give it three stars out of four. And, uh, and for mostly for that wonderful performance by Sterling K. Brown. He is terrific. So that is my review of Marshall. And next I'll do a review of Get On Up, another Chadwick Bowman film where he plays the legendary R&B singer, soul singer, James Brown. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a film about his life. It's uh, directed by Tate Taylor, who did The Help. 
And he also did Ma with Octavia Spencer. And Octavia Spencer and Viola Davis, who were in The Help, also have small supporting roles in the film. It goes over Brown's life from when he was, I think, six years old until, uh, I think, into the 1970s, maybe uh, to 1993. And uh, it covers his life and his humble beginnings. He grew up poor. Uh, his mother left him at a very young age, and his father uh, sent him to a brothel uh, to live, and he went into the army. And when he was 17, he stole the suit and went to jail. And uh, he was supposed to be in 13 years, but he met another uh, teen around his age, uh, Okay, uh, uh, Bobby Bird, I think Bobby Bird is his name, and he t uh, asks his mother to take him in after he gets out of jail, and, uh, and you know, he, they develop a, a, an R&B pop soul group during that time, and uh, Dan Aykroyd uh, later on plays his manager, and uh, he... Uh, advises in the record company uh, manager advise him to go solo basically throwing the, the other uh, his other uh, bandmates under the bus even though Bobby Burke continues to stay with him and um, and it's, it goes back and forth when he was a child until uh, in the in the 60s and the 70s it goes back and forth and the film does a very good job going back and forth during various time periods without it ever seeing seem as confusing. And um, uh, I like the the scene where he's in 1968 where he's touring the, on tour of the USO troop of the, troop of the veterans. Uh, and uh, he's uh, uh, this plane is over Vietnam and one of the bombs hits the, the the propeller plane, and he had, and he almost, uh, his life is at risk because of it. But they land safely. And it's, I'm not giving any way anything away with that. Um, uh, there's another scene that I like where uh, where uh, James Brown uh, is. I think it's on a television show, and he's he's by himself. Well, he's not by himself. He's the only black person by himself. And a lot of white pe people who are huge fans is clapping to his music. I think it was Get On Up, a Christmas special. And he turns around and realizes that everyone is white. And there's no black people. There's no interracial mixing or anything, that, which is, I think he had a problem with. I guess most people in general would have a problem with. And... Uh, there's a scene where James Brown talks to his mother, uh, Viola Davis, plays his mother, uh, and uh, and it's a very uh, emotional scene. There's also a scene where he, James Brown has some bitterness and resentment, I think, but it's all with in it's all of suppressed. He gives his mother a cool reception. And uh, and then she does apologize for not being there, but um, 
his forgiveness is something that I don't think you'll ever see from him. And, uh, and, uh, I think all this, all these scenes are very well directed and Chadwick Boseman is terrific as James Brown. He should have gotten an Oscar nomination for Best Actor. He got his dance moves and especially his voice down pat. And, uh, you really do feel that he is James Brown all the way through. It's a Wonderful performance. I'm surprised that it was recognized by Oscar. Um, and Bobby Bird. Uh, Bobby Bird is a good a good character for him. Uh, uh, for the character who plays Bobby Bird, he's really good. And they have great chemistry between him and James Brown. You really do believe of their genuine friendship of each other. Another scene that I would love to talk about is when little, there's a brief scene of Little Richard and talking to James Brown at a malt shop. And this is before he got famous. And this is just before Little Richard got famous. But uh, James Brown sang, uh, as a, was the first person to sing before Little Richard performs. And he uh, give, Little Richard gives James Brown advice because little Richard knows he's about to hit it big. And he gives an advice on how to uh, more or less uh, be, how to be successful, how to make it in show business and how to deal with the thing. Uh, Cause he knows how talented James Brown is and how uh, uh, he, um, how he really does, uh, have something that certain it factor that little Richard knew that he, James Brown would make it big. And, um, and, uh, Jill, uh, Jill Scott plays his second wife. And there are a lot of great musical sequences in the film where he says, I feel good. It's a man's world. And when he sings I Black and I Proud, when they were backlashed from the black community for uh, speaking with, uh, speaking, uh, black crowd, speaking uh, to the president and not really participating in the Black Panther movements, saying that he's not pro-black. And that's what that song Black and I Proud is all about. And, uh, you know, th there are a couple of things I have a problem with. And one of those is the scenes with his wife played by Jill Scott. Now, there is a scene where he hits his wife, but uh, I think they toned down. There was a lot more physical altercations with his, not just with his second wife, but his first wife. But in real life, he had three wives. And he did physically abuse uh, all three of them, I believe. And I don't think the film really dealt, dealt with how really the dark side of James Brown, how much of a bully, physical bully he was. They try to downplay it, which I find problematic. And also, uh, there's also a scene later on in the film where he's addicted to PCP and he's getting chased by the cops in Georgia. I mean... What made him get on PCP? I mean, it's, it, that's not explained. 
how do you conquer his addiction? And I know it's only a two hour, 18 minute film, but I think the film with so much going on in James Brown's life, they could have pushed it to uh, a longer length of film. Because uh, there's at least a lot of unanswered questions about his addictions. And uh, I mean, and, and I, when I heard that James Brown was someone who was against drugs, and then how did he get hooked on PCP? But um, despite those reservations, I do recommend the film. And uh, because of the great music and the great performance by Chadwick Boseman. But uh, out of four stars, I give it three marginal three stars. And uh, I think it's a, a film that you can enjoy up to a certain point. But, um, and, but uh, yes, I do recommend it from my earlier reasons. And so that's it for my review of Get On Up. And I want to talk about some entertainment news. Um, I want to talk about uh, uh, Chrissy Teigen. She and John Legend, her husband, they lost a, a baby, a baby boy. And she's a beautiful uh, Sports Illustrated model. And this is from Cosmopolitan. She and her husband, Legend, lost her baby son, Jack, almost two weeks ago. Chrissy Tinkman made a brief return to social media following a deeply sad loss of their baby son at the end of last month. 34-year-old Chrissy Tinkman announced the devastating news on Instagram where she had been regularly updating followers on her hospital stay before taking some time away from social media. The upsetting post sharing the news that Chrissy and the husband John Legend had lost their baby midway through the pregnancy read, we are shocked and in the kind of deep pain you only hear about, the kind of pain we never felt before. We never were able to stop the bleeding and gave our baby the fluids he needed despite the back-to-back -back blood transfusions. It just wasn't enough. Since then, there has been silence on both Chrissy and John's social media accounts. But now, under a fortnight after the couple lost their son, whom they had named Jack, the cookbook author, has made a quiet return back on Instagram. Over the weekend, popular Instagram account Betches, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, posted a meme that, said, that read, Just booked on eyebrow waxing appointment. I'm excited. I'll be wearing a mask so I don't have to hear a mustache coming on the post. Chrissy wrote, finally a giggle, thank you. It's the first time there's been any public activity on Chrissy's account since the family's terrible loss. And her comment sadly illustrates just how difficult grief can be to navigate. With the death of Baby Jack still being uh, so recent and raw, it's understandable that a couple won't have been able to find much joy in anything. Although it's encouraging to see that there may be glimmers of light on the horizon. While many of Chrissy's followers praised the couple in the aftermath of their announcement for being candid and helping to break the taboo surrounding baby loss, it was shocking to see that others somewhat cruelly did not. Comments were left underneath their Instagram and Twitter posts, posting whether or not sharing photographs of such a personal moment was the right thing to do. In the Defense of Christine John Tommy's, a charitable organization who fund research into miscarriage, 
premature birth and stillbirth, responded to the judgment with an important reminder that sharing these gut-wrenching moments of grief can be part of a healing process. Now I'm going to leave the story. Uh, there's more to it, but you get the, the gist of what was being said in Cosmopolitan. Uh, I think that I don't think people should judge the way people should mourn such a loss. My hearts go out to Chrissy Teigen and John Legend and their family and their extended family and friends. I don't think you should tell anyone how they should mourn. I mean, that's just a really awful thing to do. Um, it's not being a good person when you do things like that. I, that's why I feel. And uh, I think what Chrissy and John, I hope they can have another child. I hope they get through this pain and it doesn't discourage and maybe they might not have any more children. But if they do, uh, I hope that they can continue to have more children and uh, and uh, I wish them all the best. I think it's something that's very important to deal with grief in their own way and I don't think we should be judging because, uh, I don't know, I think that to judge how people deal with loss of grief, they haven't dealt with it themselves. They hadn't dealt with that tragedy. Usually people who talk like that haven't been through that experience. So um, that's all I have to say about that. And uh, the next story I want to talk about is... Well, Rick Moranis. Now, we all know that he got into he didn't get well. He didn't get into altercation. He got hit randomly. He was randomly attacked, and uh, it was something that I really was really taken aback by. I I didn't reveal uh, I didn't reveal anything in. The coming from Moranis, you know, uh, Rick Moranis is one of my favorite comedians and actors. I, like I said, I have a huge crush on him, and uh, he's a he's a I'm a huge fan of his. And ever since I saw him in My Blue Heaven, I, I had a crush that never really went away. I don't want him to go away. And uh, and this is a, a report from CBS, CBS New York, and this is. Uh, this was posted October 3rd, 10.43 p.m. Police said it happened in a broad daylight just before 7.30 a.m. on Central Park West near 70th Street. Savannah's cameras captured the attack of a 67-year-old honey with the kids and Ghostbusters actor. Video shows the suspect ironically wearing an ugly New York sweatshirt walk up and punch Moranis in the head, knocking him to the ground. Police said Moranis went to the hospital with pain in his head, back, and hip. He later walked to the precinct to report the crime. Oh, he couldn't, someone couldn't take him? Oh, dear. Then the NYPD News Community Affairs Rapid Response Team checked on Moranis, as it does with many victims of violent crimes, job of support, groceries, or anything that they may need. He's doing well. He's strong. He's recovering. He has some injuries to his left side, Detective Kaz Daughtery told CBS to Jenna DeAngelis. He just wants to stay home. He just wants to recover and just wants peace of mind, says Officer Jonah Del Durego. I think he's Latino. Meantime, the search continues for the suspect. 
Police were seeking the public to be on the lookout. Moranis' management team told CBS2 he's fine, but grateful for everyone's thoughts and well wishes. Now they're showing a picture of the wanted male. Hmm. Neighbors said that Moranis is a very nice guy. They were shocked to hear about the unprobed attack. That's why we moved here to be safe, said resident Jonathan Curtin. Everything's been good. But I guess trying times people do strange things and they're not always nice. You'll be looking over your shoulder a lot more often. I'm worried about the whole situation. I'm worried about the fact that everybody's trouble and they're so troubled there's more crime. A woman who lives in the same building as Rana said. She also left him a note. I said I was really sorry to hear about it. It must have been scary, she said. We were on board together on, on, on this building. Nice guy, really nice guy. Moranis has been off the big screen for years to focus on his children after his wife's passing. I recently appeared in a mid-mobile commercial with Ryan Reynolds. Yes, I saw that. And it was, was, it was a shock. It was a great, pleasant surprise. That, was, that happened two weeks ago when I saw that on the September 18th. But getting back to the article, Ryan Reynolds says, should have known not to subject Rick to the year 2020. Glad to hear he's okay. Now, this is very important information. For any information about the attack, is asked to call NYPD's Crime Stoppers Hotline at 1-800-577-TIPS or uh, in parentheses uh, 8477 or Spanish 1-888-57-PISTA-74782. You can also submit a tip via their website or on Twitter at NYPD tips. All calls are kept confidential. Now, I hadn't heard anything uh, about Rick Moranis uh, a lot over the course of 20, 30 years since he retired from acting. From Well, he didn't retire. He said he didn't retire, but he took an extended break from acting. And uh, I heard of news that he's going to start a new reboot to Hunger Games for the Kids with Josh Gad uh, playing Josh Gad playing his Rance's son in the film. And it's going to be a theatrical release, but we don't know when that's going to get done because of coronavirus. Uh, I, hope that, I hope he has a speedy recovery. And, uh, you know, I miss him. I miss him on the big screen. You know, I just want to say other comedies uh, or comedy films are kind of struggling right now during the woke culture and which I think is a shame it's weird that horror films are getting a renaissance not comedy films comedy films is good for depression it's great to laugh and to you know just to change the subject for a little bit you know just to laugh it's good for your emotional health it's good for depression anxiety so I think we need to have more comedy films. And you can make uh, do jokes without being offensive. I mean, that's a I mean that's a something that a lot of people need to consider to be more inventive and be more cognizant of other people's thoughts and feelings when it comes to stand-up comedy. Or these theatrical films, comedy films, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, uh, he did a a comedy special who was very politically incorrect, Sticks and Stones. That was funny, but I also think we need to 
do call me that is against bullies, against racists. Uh, you can make fun of orangutan. I won't say who orangutan is, but he's a uh, president. <laughs> but anyway, um, and so there are ways to make fun of people without being offensive. And a good getting back to Rupert Moranis. Uh, yes, uh, I'm glad he's doing okay. And oh, yeah. Uh, it's something that that uh, sad that even a resident of violence out of nowhere, uh, this man just punches him without any regard to human life. Uh, it's just really insane, you know. And my thoughts and prayers to his children, his mother, uh, and his extended family because it didn't make any sense for for. Uh, him, that man, to hit him like that. I mean, what is that? Some people aren't inherently good. I mean, and I hope they catch him and he pays the consequences for his bad behavior. So that's all I have about Rick Moranis. And next I'm going to talk about Nara Rivera. Now, she passed away, uh, let me see, uh, July 8, 2020. And uh, she's Latina, I believe. And there's, there's some controversy surrounding uh, Nalavera's sister and her ex-husband. Um, let me see. Now, this is the controversial news that I'm looking up right now, and this is uh, Daily Mail. Now, I don't know, when was this published? Uh, it doesn't say, oh, October 13th. Well, anyway. Now, Rivera's grieving ex-husband, Ryan Dorsey, who's 37. So there's a pop-up here. Alvarez's uh, ex-husband Ryan Dorsey and a late actress, 25-year-old model sister Nikayla Rivera have become inseparable as the exclusive Daily Mail photos show. Well, you can't see the photos, but I'll just tell you what's going on. The pair have been together since 33-year-old Naya drowned while boating with her five-year-old son Josie on California's Lake Puru in July. Daily Mail can reveal that Ryan and Nikayla have now moved into a three-bedroom rented house together in California with our carrier for Josie, who just turned five. The pair have been spotted out together multiple times in September, looking casual on shopping trips and playing, playfully holding hands or um, moving Ryan out of his previous home. On September 6, Nikayla was seen helping Ryan moving his belongings into his home in North Hills, Los Angeles, Santa Fe. San Fernando Valley to their new $5,000 a month rental. Two days later, the pair spent two hours loading his furniture from his old home into a rented yellow moving truck, which Ryan drove to the house 30 minutes away. They were fooling around and chatting the whole time. They obviously helped lift each other's spirits, and I wouldn't say spotted 
the pair on a trip to Target. The grieving ex-husband, Nive Rivera, has found solace in a friendship with a tragically struck lookalike younger sister. Ryan Dorsey and 25-year-old model Nikayla Rivera have been inseparable. I already said this. Um, but um, Nikayla, yeah, she's 5'11", fashion model and social influencer who bears a striking resemblance to the actor, her actor's sister. Posted a mostly tribute to now on social media after a shocking death. Since the tragedy, they have been leaning heavily on each other for support and comfort. Now, I did see pictures with them together. And, uh, you know, I just think it's too soon. I think he was saying in a, in a I think a few weeks ago, that uh, it's it a way of therapy for her to be closer to his sister. Now our very sister, I think he was saying that his son, son asked him what happened to mama, and he said, the father said that she's in heaven, and then the son said, can I go there? And that's a sad and very painful thing to go through such a tragedy of losing a parent at such a young age. But I know at the same time, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's more. I, as I said earlier, we should mourn how people should mourn the, uh, the death of a loved one. Uh, Christy Teigen, how they lost their child. I just hope they can find some peace and 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 go through the process of healing through the tragedy of losing someone that he loved very, very much, and his sister Nikayla loved very, very much, and. Uh, I'm gonna uh, reserve judgment and uh, the way they can go through this tragedy uh, with each other as a form of therapy. I think it's something that we shouldn't talk about. We shouldn't judge. So, uh, and it's a very sad situation. A lot of sad things happening in the news. A lot of bad things to happen. Oh, oh what's going on? But. Uh, anyway, I never watched Glee, but I knew who Now Rivera was. Uh, she was engaged to Big Sean. They never got married. Oh, and uh, okay, uh, on to our next story, which is about Harvey Weinstein. And, uh, yes, this is from OK Magazine, and this is about a day ago, but uh, this is about the disgraced uh, former uh, movie studio honcho Harvey Weinstein. Now, he has filed an appeal seeking to overturn his criminal conviction on charges of rape and a uh, criminal sexual act. Legal documents obtained exclusively by OK showed that Weinstein's lawyers submitted paperwork the Supreme Court of the State of New York Appellate Division, First Judicial Department on October 9th. Weinstein is being represented in the case by Barry Caymans, a partner in Adala, Bertuna, and Chemis. Chemis and his partner Arthur Adala previously represented Weinstein in his criminal trial. And the jury case returned to their verdict back in February. 
and a week later it was determined that Weinstein could serve tw would serve 23 years behind bars. At the Weinstein Correctional Facility in upstate New York, his ability to appeal the verdict became a bit more difficult after he was behind bars when his two ex-wives worked together to freeze his assets. This move was done in order to make sure his children would be taken care of while he was in custody. Now Weinstein remains at Wendy, but will soon be transferred to Los Angeles for his next criminal trial. He is facing a litany of charges in that case, including four counts of forcible rape and forcible oral copulation, two counts of sexual battery by restraint, and one count of sexual penetration by use of force. There are five victims in that case whose alleged assaults happened between 2004 and 2013. Now, Weinstein's lawyers had stood by their client in the months after his guilty verdict and was handed down and expressed their disappointment after his conviction. While he was not convicted on the most serious charges, we were disappointed in the verdict and will be filing an appeal, his lawyers said outside court. There are issues in this trial that were extremely troubling and they prejudiced Mr. Weinstein's ability to have the case fairly judged. These will be addressed to a higher court. After a jury found the convicted rapist guilty, he reportedly said, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, yeah, right. Uh, I'm innocent, how could this happen in America? The jury in your case could not only find Weinstein guilty on two counts because of how the charges were structured by prosecutors. In the prevailing counts were the charges of predatory sexual assault, one involving Mimi Haley and Annabelle Shiora, and a second involving Jessica Maine and Shiora, in both cases, the jury came to ununanimous decision of not guilty on those charges, at which point they began to consider the lesser counts for Haley. That was criminal sexual assault and a return of guilty verdict. The jury once again uh, came to a not guilty decision on a lesser count of a first degree rape in the case of Mann, but found guilty, uh, Weinstein guilty of the lower charge of third degree rape. Weinstein could not be charged with raping Shora because, uh, because the statute of limitations had expired in that case. This fight is not over. Donna Rotanos, Weinstein's attorney, told reporters outside the court on a day of verdict while suggesting she would be appealing the verdict in the coming days. This did not pan out as she planned. It is absolutely horrible for me to watch my client be taken into custody. We don't feel good about it at all, said Rotuno. She went on to suggest that her client was ready to fight the verdict. Harvey is very strong. Harvey is unbelievably strong. He took uh, he took it like a man, said the defense attorney. He knows that we will continue to fight for him and knows that this is not over. Um, and this is from OK Magazine, uh, tabloid. But this is a critical case. Uh, by Chris Spargo, and this was published, uh, yes, October 12th yesterday. Um, I think it's no doubt that Harvey Weinstein is guilty of sexual assault, rape, uh, battery, all of that. I mean, there are too many witnesses of varying degrees of sexual harassment to rape, and uh, it's it's pretty sad that there are some people in the media, uh, the defense attorneys who want to defend this case, particularly uh, someone who is a woman. Uh, and I heard on a Roland Martin show when I think one of the uh, panelists 
was talking about Harvey Weinstein. We all knew he was guilty, but the evidence in that case of his conviction was pretty weak. And I, th uh, well, I was thinking if the women uh, all said that he was guilty of some forcible sexual act, rape or whatnot, I mean, that was pretty much good enough for me. But I think uh, some of the women had sex with Harvey Weinstein again. I think they kind of got into the Stockholm Syndrome, that they were kind of enslaved, had an enslaved mentality of, you know, actually being being uh, submissive and having low self-esteem and had a lot of a lot of lacking low self-worth about getting involved with him again uh, romantically. I, I think psychologists were trying to explain why women would go back to their assailants. And there are quite a few women that actually do that. So I think in terms of psychology, psychiatry, and corroborate, excuse me, corroborated witnesses, then I think that is, I think it's a pretty solid case. Um, it was a female, uh, 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 Victoria Burke, I believe is her name, uh, on Will and Martin's show. But uh, I wish there were more women coming out and, you know, trying to explain how could women be in a situation where they go back to her assailant. I remember there's a movie called Elle with, uh, I forgot her name, but uh, Isabel Huppert. She plays a rape victim and she keeps going back and having sex with her assailant. And uh, I was trying to figure out what that, why she would go back to him. And I think it's a psychological low self-esteem. Uh, uh, and I think that if a psychiatrist and psychiatrist can explain certain behavior of that, and uh, I think that we all had to take that into consideration. I think that, uh, I think we all should have more empathy for women who are sexually harassed, sexually assaulted, raped, and all in varying degrees. And the Me Too movement was such a volatile movement. I, I thought it was a great movement calling out bad behavior among many men and some women. And, um, well, then we had Jeffrey Epstein now. Well, he, well, his, his uh, girlfriend, Selena Maxwell, I believe is her name. And they might name names in that one. I hope they do. Because we need to call out bad behavior. And we need to... Those people who are famous need to set the consequences of behavior having sex with underage girls. Um, I think that uh, Harvey Weinstein is a brute. I think he's a despicable human being. And he's pretty disgusting. And he's not easy on the eyes either. Like that has anything to do with sexual thought. It doesn't. But... Um, uh, I think that uh, he, justice will be served, and I think that I predict a guilty verdict in a Los Angeles uh, trial with charges against Harvey Weinstein. Um, and so that's all I have to say about that. And let me see. Uh, 
think later on uh, during the week, I think on Thursday, I'm going to discuss Oscar buzz. I'm going to talk about Best Picture and Best Actress, who are in the top 10 contentions for Best Picture and Best Actress. And uh, I'm also going to talk about uh, some more movie reviews. I'll, I'll keep that secret for now. And I think that's it that I have for today. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I thank y'all. And I also want to say that uh, if you want to contribute to to have and give me donations, you don't have to give me donations. You don't have to give me to them at all. But if you want to, you can send a dollar to uh, to Coco Cinephile Critic. That's dollar sign C O C O A space. C-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-E space C-R-I-T-I-C. Coco Cinephile Critic, and if you like, you once again, you can donate if you want to. You don't have to, but a dollar or two would be appreciated. But um, Well, that's it for me, and uh, thank you for listening, and y'all have a blessed day. And I'll be back Thursday to talk about more movie buzz, Oscar buzz. So without further ado, y'all have a blessed day and peace and many blessings. Thank you.